0: Welcome to the Caribbean, where you'll find soothing waves, warm sunshine, and friendly people. So many travelers have chosen to vacation here at the beautiful Sandals Resorts and Beaches. And thankfully, so many have chosen to serve others here as well, through the Sandals Foundation. Heidi Clark is the Executive Director for the Foundation She'll be joining us today from the beautiful island of Jamaica, sharing with us the heart and soul of the Sandals Foundation as we discover the many ways they seek to serve the Caribbean's wonderful communities and the people who call these islands home. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is The Edge of Adventure Podcast. Heidi Clark, thanks for joining the Edge of Adventure today.
1: It's certainly a pleasure.
0: You know, when I think of the Sandals brand, I think about wonderful, luxurious experiences in the Caribbean, enjoying the beauty of the Caribbean and all those wonderful things. But we're going to find out today how much more there is to the Sandals brand. Tell us about the Sandals Foundation.
1: The Sounds Foundation was really developed about 11 years ago, but it's come out of the very start of Sandals, the company. Our brand has always been about not selling a hotel. It's really about selling a destination. So that's made up of the beautiful beaches. It's made up of the mountains. It's made up of the people. And it's made up of the culture. So for us more than ever, it was, you know, we're, we're on the outskirts of communities that need a lot of help. How do we get involved so that we have the buy-in from the communities from the get-go? So I think it's always been the Stewart family drive and mission to see how they could make a difference. And then when we realized how much travelers really wanted to get involved with the destinations they visit and learn more about them, silence Foundation came about, and that was born in 2009. And that was really Adam Stewart's baby. And I have been there from the beginning with him which is pretty exciting because I've kind of seen it develop from day one. And it's really all about how can we have tourism, which is a driving economic force in this region, have the trickle-down effect to every corner of our communities.
0: Heidi, I know that You knew about sandals prior to the starting of the foundation and you were immediately intrigued. Take us back to that point in time. What did you think when you heard about Adam Stewart's vision for this and this next step for sandals at the time, you know, going back approximately 11 years?
1: Well, I always have to tease him now because he said, I have, I have a little project and now that you're moving from Trinidad back to Jamaica, I wonder if you'd be interested. So 11 years later, it's not so little because it's eight islands where we're operating. And I guess it was his vision because he felt that through our visitors, through our corporate partners, and through our travel partners, we had the potential to do so much more here. And we really have seen how that has happened. You know, presenting travelers with opportunities to give back, with opportunities to learn more about the Caribbean culture, it has just proven a win-win. And we have just built from strength to strength. So I think that He had a great idea. We've seen the impact it has had over the last 11 years and we see the incredible potential to grow from where we are now.
0: Heidi Clark is our guest today here on the Edge of Adventure and she's the executive director at the Sandals Foundation. Heidi, tell me about the three core divisions or core projects that you at the Sandals Foundation undertake. I know there's three primary categories that you like to focus on? Just, we're gonna dig into them. We're gonna go into detail on this, but the overview of those big three are what?
1: So I think that when you look at the Caribbean, we felt we didn't wanna narrow our focus. So our, our three main pillars are environment, education, and community. And they really encompass quite a few things to make our work somewhat holistic. So I can get into each of those pillars and tell you what we do under them. And it, it's pretty similar across the region, but they're different partners because that's really how we implement a lot of our work.
0: So you mentioned, I believe, eight particular locations. Tell me about those eight locations. And they're all in the Caribbean, I understand. Are they all the same or are these different islands unique each in their own way?
1: There are eight islands that we presently operate in, and we just recently announced we're expanding into two more. So presently, we're in the Bahamas, Turks and Caicos, which are made up of, of numerous islands. The Bahamas are 700 small islands, and Turks is, I believe, 40 small islands and eight inhabited islands. And then the bigger islands, of course, Jamaica, um, Antigua, Grenada, Barbados, and St. Lucia, and recently, as I said, expanded into Curacao and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I think they're all different in some ways. You know, the people have different backgrounds and different cultures, but we have a similar, very loving, kind of embracing way about us here in the Caribbean. And I think what's really fantastic across the islands that we've found is that everybody wants to progress and everybody wants to grow and everybody wants to learn. So we found it's a unique region because of its beauty and because of the culture of the people here. But every island has its different culture, it's different music, it's different food. But I think across the board, it's all about the loving, embracing people of the Caribbean that really make it intriguing. And what's very interesting is, you know, Sandals has a 40% repeat guest. We have guests that just are so in love with the islands. They just keep coming back and funny enough, sometimes to the same resort. They develop that passion.
0: Heidi, tell me how travelers are able to give back through the Sandals Foundation, because I know that's largely the heart of your work and this heart that you guys have for the people and the people who may in, in some ways be in serious need. But giving these international travelers from the U.S. and other places the opportunity to participate and give back and help in some way.
1: Sure, what I think is is really great, there's numerous ways to get involved, but actually just by being a Sandals or Beaches guest, you're helping to make a difference. So Sandals Resorts International funds the governance of this foundation 100%, which means that every cent that comes into our foundation goes directly into our projects and programs. But outside of that, we, we let visitors get involved in many different ways. So we have weekly volunteer opportunities in our schools, We have group volunteer experiences where people can reach out to us if they want an entire experience planned for them. And for us with these volunteer experiences, it's really about how we're filling gaps. And we are on the ground in the community, our team members are eyes and ears of the communities. So we work alongside of them to ensure that when the volunteers come along, they're getting out and they're doing something that's really needed. And then we have other things like our community tours. So we do this in partnership with Island Roots. And our community tours go from everything from um, turtle hatching here in Jamaica to fish fries that help promote local cuisine and also local vendors in both St. Lucia and in Barbados. And then it's also about exploring and, and getting to know about the local culture. We want people to leave our resorts and to learn about the islands that they're in. So those are a couple of ways. And then the other ways they can get involved is pack for a purpose. Any island that you're visiting, they can go on the website, pack for a purpose, and they can look and see what organizations we're linked with. And they can bring five pounds of much needed supplies. And then I think one of the most exciting things that we're recently doing, um, well, we have our gift shop corners in every resort. So those gift shop corners not only sell things that contribute back to the foundation's work, but what we're really focused on now is promoting local artisans. So the funds come in and we have an artisan fund that we turn around and help to build the capacity of local artisans. So it's about helping them get machinery, training, if they need rebranding. And we've seen such growth with their sales. So you can leave the property or you can stay on the property. You know, there's so many different ways to get involved, and it's really about reaching out to us and seeing what works best for you. Or when you get to the resort, you know, there's all different ways that you're made aware of the foundation because we want people to know what's happening and how they can play their part.
0: So many great ways to help, so many needs, of course, and and yet so many great ways for Those of us outside to help and those of us who get the opportunity to uh, visit the Sandals Resorts and Beaches. So fantastic ideas and great execution on these things, knowing that there are the three major topics, the three primary ways that you guys seek to make a difference. And community is one of them. The overall vision for the way the Sandals Foundation helps the community in the Caribbean. Is what?
1: So I think some of the key areas for us under community are healthcare. There's a lot of people, we operate in very rural regions of the islands where we exist and, and have our businesses. So healthcare is always something on the top of our priorities. If you don't have your health, you have nothing else. So that has been a major focus for us. And that's about building capacity of doctors and nurses, offering free health care through volunteer programs. Um, it's about equipping. Hospitals and local clinics, and getting the healthcare that's needed into communities that haven't had it before. So, that's always been a very big driving force for us. The other key area for us, really, under community is youth engagement. Unfortunately, far, far too many young people here in the Caribbean are either unemployed, disengaged, or not in school. So for us, it's looking at opportunities to engage them in in positive spaces, and we do that through sports, we do that through skills training, and we do that through mentorship. And we have seen where where you provide these incredible spaces, whether it's a skateboard park we've just recently built in, in Kingston with numerous partners, or the library, or the basketball court, or it's training a particular skill, you know, it's really a way for these young people who may not have the guidance to get the guidance. But I think what's key to know is that Sandals and Sandals Foundation have a very big voice internationally. But what we've done is partner with grassroots organizations in communities because there are a lot of programs that are really incredible that have been taking place, but they don't have the funding and they don't have the capacity to scale up and build. So we've kind of utilized our voice to get out there and be able to bring them more notice, more funding. And then we partner with them to scale up what they're doing. And that's been pretty key for us.
0: One of the other areas of focus is education. This has to be a very, very important one. And I actually saw recently, I checked out your uh, Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Sandals Foundation. And I think I saw a report recently about I think some initiative where you guys were providing tablets to schools through the Caribbean to help with the kids and their distance learning and this sort of thing. Tell me about that, but also just the overall initiative helping with the education in these areas.
1: I think education, obviously, is what underlies everything. You know, once you have an education, you're really setting people up to succeed. So for us, I think it's where it's it started with the Stewarts, and it's where it's continued for us. It's about really capacity building for schools and providing them with the best learning environments for children uh, across the islands. And that's everything from infrastructure to teacher training to supplies. And then, as you just spoke to, technology. I mean, obviously, this year has changed everything. But before that, children in the Caribbean, unfortunately, have been rather um I feel held back because their education has not been enhanced by technology and they have not had that at their fingertips, whether it's because they don't have Wi-Fi access or they don't have computers or tablets. Of course, now, during this pandemic, because there's been so much homeschooling, I think that we have been driven and thrust into an era. And I'm really, really pleased to see how the Ministry of Education across the region has really risen to the occasion to see how they can make Wi-Fi possible, whether it's hotspots in communities or schools. And then the private sector and numerous foundations, including ourselves, have been able to work to fundraise with international partners and with other partners on the ground here to put digital learning in the hands of our children. So I'm really pleased that we recently have done over 2,000 tablets. um, And we've added to that, of course, training And we're continuing to have that thrust because it's definitely something that's not just for today, but it's about enhancing education moving forward.
0: Heidi Clark is our guest today here on the Edge of Adventure. Great to have everybody. Whether you're watching the video version on YouTube or Facebook, Instagram, that sort of thing, or you're tuning in to the audio podcast on your favorite audio podcast platform, or even now the radio version. It was just uh, an honor to have you with us, and thanks for uh, being a part of the, the family. Today we're getting to know Heidi and the Sandals Foundation. Heidi Clark is the executive director of the Sandals Foundation. Okay, so the third and final, as we're looking at sort of the big picture uh, initiatives, the other concept or the other division here of, of needs and, and meeting these needs is environment. And the objective for this initiative is to what?
1: So I think for us here at the foundation and also across the Caribbean is really to get environment to be on the forefront. Because there are so many social needs in this region, we tend to think environment is back burner. Do we need to plant the tree? Do we need to protect the reefs? And environmental education and awareness is so needed. And it's something that we felt we have to start getting people to understand That our actions and everything that that we do in our communities and our schools is affecting our environment and in turn that affects our lives. So tourism is driven by the beauty of this region but there are hundreds of thousands of people that depend on fishing for livelihoods and so when we looked at it we said look you know our, our region is beautiful but why are things going downhill? Yes, there is climate change, and yes, there is, is global warming. It's affecting our reefs. But there's also so many things we're doing because we don't understand. So environmental education has been a huge thing for us. That's about training teachers in environmental conservation. It's about training club mentors that have environmental clubs. And it's about partnering with people like Guy Harvey and other schools programs that we get into schools and we talk to our young people and we go into communities and we help people to understand how um, solid waste and what products and, and chemicals are in our oceans and going into our rivers and gullies and how they're affecting our reefs. So education has been the biggest thrust. But the other thing for us has also been about marine protection. So we presently manage two marine um, parks here in in Jamaica. We contribute to five others. These are marine protected areas. We have coral planting and coral gardens in St. Lucia. And we're really looking at how do we work to rebuild our reefs to protect our fishing populations to, that affect people's livelihoods and preserve our coastal resources. You know, So that has been everything from tree planting in our mountains to mangrove plantings on our coastlines. And I have to say the progress that we've seen, not just in the protected areas, but in the buy-in when people are educated and understand how dependent we are on our environment has been tremendous. And so that has been a huge pillar. It's a great love of mine. I mean, I live to be in the sea. So I'm really pretty pleased that we're seeing this progress and we're seeing it get on the front burner and continue to make progress there because it's the only way forward.
0: Okay, Heidi, you said you live to be in the sea. That's a great I, segue then to ask a little bit about your, your childhood and where you grew up. What What, what is home for you?
1: I can say that I am a Caribbean national. I'm i am um, I'm actually born here in Jamaica and lived here the majority of my life, left here for about five years in the seventies. Uh, my mother's from Trinidad, my father Jamaican, so I'm fifth generation Jamaican. I have married a Trinidadian and lived in Trinidad and Tobago for 10 years. So, and then my grandfather being from Barbados. So I'm really kind of got that that Caribbean spance. But Jamaica, of course, will will always be home to me. But I feel very at home across the Caribbean. And I have a great passion to see change change happen here and to preserve what I think is so incredible about this region.
0: What are the things that come to mind that you would like to see changed for these beautiful islands and the people of these beautiful islands?
1: So I think the biggest things, I mean, they really fall under our pillars. I, I would love to see more focus on the environment and more understanding of why it's so important. I would love to see people and children and people who are going into college years have more opportunities to get the education they deserve. It's something that we get the most requests for scholarships and people wanting to further education and there's just not enough funding. So I feel giving young people that opportunity and to give them equal footing to other people in the world would really be a fantastic thing what do i see that i love so much as i sit here (laughs) looking at the beautiful sunset that is uh best weather in the caribbean you know you can't beat the caribbean people they are so resilient they have the most beautiful smiles and they love life they love to party they love to have a good time they're very friendly and i think that they're very very special and i think the beauty of the caribbean you know, there is beauty all over the world, but I think that it's, it's very special. I mean, the, the colors of the ocean from the Bahamas right back down to the eastern Caribbean in St. Lucia and Barbados. It's just to me, it's a wonder. It's like a natural wonder. So I think we have a lot going for us. I think that now more than ever, our government, we have younger people coming into government. And I think that they're a little more driven and, and seeing change and they want to see things happen. So that change I'm now starting to see, and that's all exciting. And I think that there's great potential in this region. So I can only hope that progresses.
0: The Caribbean is resilient, I've heard it said. Tell me about the resilience of of these people and these places.
1: You know, there's so much. Obviously, we're in in a very vulnerable region when it comes to climate change. And when it comes to hurricanes and disaster, and I've seen far too often, and especially in the last 11 years, um, some of the biggest hurricanes that have come through this region, the Bahamas and Turks. And I've just seen an amazing coming together and family and we'll make it through. And as hard as, as things are, I think that people continue to come together and feel that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I, and I think that that has been the same case with this pandemic. I think that people have had fear. People, because of the fact that tourism drives this region and it's been such an affected industry, uh, a lot of people have lost jobs But you've seen where people have turned to help their neighbor, where they have turned to be very entrepreneurial, uh, whether it's sewing masks in the local community and teaching other people how to do that. They've really just come together to say, look, you don't have this, but we have that, and let's see how we can help each other and remain positive, and we're gonna get through this. So I, I always feel that there is not that constant, like this is the end of anything, whether it's a disaster or whether it's a pandemic, there's always that upbeat that we will get through this.
0: What are some of the ways that you all have adapted and continued to serve? I mean, we've talked about a couple of them that come to mind in in the education, with the tablets and and uh, the masks and things like that. But are there other ways that you guys met big challenges and said, you know what we're gonna we're gonna find a way to uh, to meet these challenges effectively.
1: Sure. Well, I think first and foremost, the resorts have done an incredible job because they have looked at how do we keep 15,000 employees relevant, use the time to do training, help them to get through these hard times with their children, whether it's through digital learning or whether it's by care packages, and how do we make our product better? So we've kind of all got a little introspective as directors to kind of think, you know, how do we get through this, but come out of it even better. And then at the foundation, we really looked at, okay, where are the greatest needs right now? And the greatest needs, of course, were capacity building in the health sector. So joining a huge force here in Jamaica to purchase ventilators. We also renovated along with Tito's Vodka, a great partner of ours, doctor and nurse's Um, area at one of the hospitals for the ICU. We've given out care packages to the elderly from door to door. We have worked with teachers to see how we can help them to get lessons to children that may not have the digital resources that they, they needed. So we've looked at many different avenues to, one, uplift people who can't get out of their homes, but also to work in partnership, because it's never about working in silos. That's the only way it works here in the Caribbean and across the world. But working with government, working with private sector to say, you know, we need to do this together. And how do we build our healthcare systems across this region? And I think that we've done a pretty good job. Um, Of course, like the rest of the world, we're having spikes and ebbs and flows and some islands are doing a little bit better than others. But we're definitely seeing that people now more than ever want to get out. And so they're looking to next year, like, how can we vacation? So we're going to say, you know, your vacation's waiting on you. And we're going to figure out how we're going to make it the best it can be. And from our side the foundation, how are we going to get people involved and, and learn more about what we're doing? Because there's so much opportunity for travelers to get involved and to make a difference here.
0: Heidi Clark is my guest today here on the Edge of Adventure. She's the executive director at the Sandals Foundation, and she is joining us live today from Jamaica and lucky her. You said this is a great time of year. This is being recorded in the winter, and you said there's something nice about this time of year Because what is it that you guys get this time of year?
1: It's all wonderful because you get different plants that are blooming now and the sunsets change and then the breeze and the temperature changes and lots of fruits come into season. So everybody gets pretty excited and we're saying to everybody, you know, get outside, be in nature. It's now time when we don't have to use air conditions if we do happen to have one in our house. So it's a beautiful time of year. Definitely the time of year to travel if you can. (laughs)
0: I know that the Sandals Foundation, even though you guys work in and with specific islands in the Caribbean, there are specific locations that you work consistently. But I also know that when needs have arisen in other locations that you guys are there to help. Tell me about some of the other ways you You might find yourself reaching out beyond the uh, traditional places that you work
1: well, I mean, we work in a Caribbean alliance, so it's always about how do we partner and how do we work with other foundations across the Caribbean to, to learn best practices. But we have had, I, would, I have to say, the pleasure of working in Haiti, Dominica, and Trinidad, three beautiful countries. Um, unfortunately, they were not at good times. We first started working with Haiti after the, the earthquake, and I've been there three times since. And seen some talk about resilient people. There's a lot happening there. And you know, between the artisans and people coming in there and developing products and engaging, you know, women and young people in skills training. So we've been very pleased with our, our partnerships there in Haiti. And then in Dominica and Trinidad, both when they had flooding and they lost schools and communities, that we were able to go in and find really incredible partners on the ground. So once again, it all comes down to having those partners so that when disaster comes into play, we are all neighbors and that we are able to move very quickly. So I think for us, it's always about doing research and having those partnerships prior so that we're able to to really get in there when the need is is great and play our part.
0: Okay, let's talk shop for just a second. You mentioned that there are I believe, 15,000, approximately 15,000 employees through Sandals, right?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Okay. They all have an opportunity to give back. I know that you make it very easy, and it's it's the kind of thing that they, they have the opportunity to not just give, but to be a part of something.
1: So numerous ways they get involved, and it's really incredible because, you know, you're talking everybody from projects and architects that are building Sandals and beaches to our accountants to our line staff who are in front and serving our guests every day. So how do they get involved? They do so many things. One, the biggest thing is they're the eyes and ears of our communities. So they live in the communities where we operate and oftentimes they bring and make us aware of a great organization that's doing good things or of a huge need. So to have them in there and really have them as the boots on the ground has been incredible. They make our guests aware of what we're doing You know, they they bring awareness, whether it's through fun games on the resort or through our retail corners, but they let our guests know about the foundation, how they can get involved. They volunteer their time personally. So we often say to them, you know, if you want to get out, this is a project we're doing, come get involved. And then other than that, a lot of them lend their expertise. And I will not lie to you, they are very busy people. When the season's going, they are very busy, but we are able to call on them. And we're able to say, look, we're building this school. We really need your help. And our projects team will get out there and see what they can do to make possible. And the landscaping team will get involved. And if the school needs help with their accounts or putting together a board, that team will get involved. So they're really instrumental in each playing their part. And I call on them all the time. Sometimes I, I hear that little sigh on the end of the phone. You know, Heidi, we're super busy, but anything for the foundation. So I'm really pleased to say they have been instrumental in making the foundation what it is today.
0: Tell me about the importance then of Adam Stewart's leadership as he has not only founded, but led the Sandals Foundation now for, what, 11, 12 years. Tell me about his role as a leader.
1: He is well, he's a fantastic person, and he comes from two really great parents that have been driven. They have done nothing without seeing how they can play their part to give somebody else a hand up and not by a handout. So, Mr. Stewart always said to us don't give handouts, it's not what this is about. You need to empower people, you need to educate people. And he drove that in, in all his children. And Adam, of course, is our deputy chair here at Sandler's Resorts. And he is the president of the foundation. And he, he has a passion. So he gets ideas very frequently. and He wants to make things happen. So he's very passionate. I think one of his greatest passions, of course, is the environment, but it's also education and how we engage our youth. So he's been a great leader. He rallies the troops, all of us, even sometimes when we're feeling like, okay, we're overwhelmed. He's like, you can do this. And, you know, it's all about how he's very innovative and he wants to look at how we make things sustainable. So, whatever he's looking at on resort, if it's solar or if it's, you know, other types of power, how can we bring that into our communities and how can we bring that into our schools? So, he's always looking at how we can take the knowledge that we have, the partners that we have, and utilize that to build the community strength at the same time. So I think he's he's been a fantastic leader. And uh, sometimes I could say too passionate because he's like, I got another great idea. And I'm like, okay, slow down. <laughs> he's been fantastic.
0: How wonderful. And I've heard so many good things from different people who are a yeah. part of Sandals or part of the sandals foundation that that so many good things about the the family and through the years what they built for sandals resorts beaches and then also of course in in more recent days the last uh, 12 years or so the foundation and how important it is and that's of course what we're talking about today the sandals foundation is i've got heidi clark joining me today she's the executive director of sandals foundation joining us today from jamaica so Here's a question. It's kind of a two-pronged question. should be pretty easy to answer, but as I did my research and I looked at all that you guys are doing, very, very impressive. Everybody can check them out at sandalsfoundation.org. But I saw a couple of things I had to ask you about. But, reading road trips and volunteerism.
1: Okay. So two things that um, our visitors can get involved with. And so the reading road trip really came out of the fact that so many visitors come to the Caribbean. And they're like, oh, I want to go into the school. I want to see the children. You know, we have some gifts for them. And we kind of said, when we go out into the communities or when we go out into our schools, we want the children to benefit. And it's great that you want to come out and give them something, but you know, we want to make the time productive. So the Reading Road Trip came out of the fact that our classes are often very overcrowded here in the Caribbean. And you don't get a lot of one-on-one time So we set a very structured program that takes place for an hour and a half every Thursday morning when school is in and our guests are taken out. We supply all of the books and the worksheets and everything and the children get one-on-one time with somebody who works on their reading, who does worksheets with them and just really has a, a generally good time teaching them about where they come from and letting the children talk. So it's really about building their literacy skills and the guests are having a good time, and I think what's really been fantastic about it is that there has been such a bond and connections made that guests have left the school and said, "You know, Heidi, we want to build on that. We realize that the children need more computers, or you know, they need us a, a space for a bigger classroom. How can we get more involved?" So. It's gone beyond and they've also provided scholarships through this. So the Reading Road Trip has been a great success. It's in all the islands where we operate and can be booked on island routes. And then volunteerism really came out of the fact that so many young people have to do service hours. And a lot of them come on vacation and their parents are saying, "Okay, they're having a great time with this all inclusive. But I would love them to go out and, and see what the culture is like. Is there anything they can do to get involved outside of just a, a regular tour? And so he said, sure, there are lots of ways they can get involved. There are people that need a lot of help, whether it's you know helping to clean an old person's house or a painting or reading with a child or many different aspects tree planting that we do up in the forest and the young people can actually come now, they can do service hours and they can walk away. Not just with having those hours under their belt, but with having those hours in a whole new cultural experience and meeting local people. Because when we go out and do our volunteer outreach, we always get the local stakeholders and local community members involved because we want them directing what they want in their community. But also we want them to have that experience, that shared experience between the volunteer and the beneficiaries. So it's it's kind of been a real win-win.
0: What makes the Sandals Foundation so awesome?
1: I think what makes the Sandals Foundation so awesome is because it's about connecting visitors to driving change. Tourism drives the economy in this region, but it has the potential to drive change into far reaching corners of communities that tourists would never see, that visitors to these islands would never see and now we're giving them that opportunity, not just to immerse themselves in the culture, but now they're able to do that while making a positive impact. And I feel for us, we've kind of set an example in this region. And I hope that other hotels will follow because I think we all have the potential. I think that travelers and guests want to make a difference. And if they're provided the opportunity, they will. So. I'm hoping we sit in a very great position to show some best practices and to partner for us. It's always about scaling up because the more difference you can make, you know, the better it is.
0: Absolutely. My guest today, Heidi Clark, executive director of the Sandals Foundation. Heidi, final question of the day. Why is it important for you to serve in this way?
1: I love this region. I mean, I feel passion to do things whenever I travel anywhere. And if there's anything that I can do and I want to learn about cultures, but I love the Caribbean and I see the potential of the people and I see the want in the people to have more opportunities. And so, however, I can work with my team and with our 15,000 strong across this region to make that possible and to set that example I want to do that i've been driven from a very young age by both my mother and my father that our job here is about helping others it's not about ourselves it's about you're here to to lift up your brother and if you can do that by engaging so many people i think you know you have the potential to do to do lots so i'm passionate and i think but now, more than ever, we all need to join together to help each other.
0: And it has been my privilege and pleasure today to get to know Heidi Clark and the Sandals Foundation. Once again, Heidi is the executive director at Sandals Foundation. She has joined us today from Jamaica. And let's uh, cover a couple of details. If you'd like to find out more information, you want to get involved, you want to find out how you can help and what their next projects are, reach out to them, Sandals Foundation dot o r g sandals foundation dot org heidi anything else we should know before we wrap the show
1: just want to say the caribbean's here it's waiting and we welcome you to come to vacation to get involved to make a difference stay safe thank you so much adam
0: my name is adam asher and you've been listening to the edge of adventure podcast to learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag #TheEdgeOfAdventure. of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is the Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo.